Welcome to another edition of The Cool Zone, presented by Maldonado Sports. Find all things Maldonado Sports on Twitter at Maldonado Sports. Follow Fixin' to Talk Sports with Brian Brown. New pods drop every Friday. He does a variety of topics. Uh, this is an interesting one, but uh, Foxborough Files, little little late, been late lately. Uh, they, are, they are way behind on schedule, but I, I guess follow them too. Big Patriots diehard podcast with Dan Roach, Micah Ewell, and Zach Lacey. And of course, uh, rumors are swirling about the existence of the Maldonado Sports podcast itself, seeing as they haven't posted in quite some time. But don't worry, yours truly here in the cool zone will be coming to you weekly. Whether we have a short agenda like we do tonight or not, content every week, that is the cool zone guarantee. I'm joined this evening... As always, by my co-host Jonathan Sullivan. Jonathan, how are we tonight? Doing well. Doing well. Glad to hear that. We're a couple Bucks fans in the cool zone tonight, so we're happy to watch Brady win his seventh Super Bowl title. Fantastic stuff. It is, of course, Monday, our usual recording day, February 8th, 2021, starting off hot. So, um, we're supposed to have DSN tonight in the cool zone, but he will be joining us from outside the cool zone via telephone for the Celtics portion uh, due to some, I guess we'll all call it uh, COVID precautions, maybe? I don't I don't really know how else to word it, but regardless, we will get him on the phone later in the pod. Like I said, we have a short, short agenda this week. Not much is going on in normally what is a dramatic kind of league. I feel like possibly COVID has put a little damper on any drama and it's kind of like, you know, because people are, you know, hugging after games. That doesn't really happen all that much, even though I feel like I see Tatum dapping up everybody on every other team at the end of every game. Uh, But yeah, with in a COVID season, I don't know. It just doesn't feel to me like there's a whole heck of a lot of gossip and drama going on. Of course, there's going to be stuff here and there. So, um. We talked last week a little bit about the All-Star Game. Uh, we've been talking about it for a couple weeks, very briefly. But we have, we've had some players, some big-time players like LeBron and Giannis, uh, kind of express their uh, disdain for playing the All-Star Game. And I believe Darren Fox came out and called it, quote, stupid, which I think we agreed with last week. Um, but nonetheless, I believe there's a, a quite a hefty fine if you get selected to the All-Star game and you don't play it. So I would imagine most of these guys are all going to play in the game regardless if they're selected. The only real big news we got last week, without literally being a Sports Center headlines and reading off scores over the past week, is the Derrick Rose trade. Derrick Rose officially traded from the Detroit Pistons to the New York Knicks for Dennis Smith Jr., and a 2021 second-round pick. Dennis Smith Jr., interestingly enough, was asking to go play in the G League because the Knicks just weren't playing him. 
And instead, they shipped him off to Detroit, where he will probably, hopefully, get some minutes. I mean, he's not anything special, but he's a, I would say he's a decent talent in the league. Um, at least a good depth piece. That happens every week, by the way, with the speakers in the back just booming in the background. But, nonetheless, back on track here. Uh, the only other real notable news this week, before we talk about just some standings updates, checking in with power rankings, all that normal stuff. The injury bug is starting to hit a little bit uh, in the league. We've got Kevin Durant, who's the whole fiasco with him uh, in their game on Friday night where they ruled him out because of COVID precautions and safety and health protocols. And then they cleared him to play, and then they took him off the court after he'd already been on, citing the same issue. So he is going to be out due to a uh, close contact issues and contact tracing for the next three games he didn't make the trip to Philly uh, at all so we'll have to keep an eye on Durant's status I'm sure he'll end up being fine I believe Steve Nash said he is eligible to rejoin them later in the week this week probably more likely Friday or Saturday Uh, Christian Wood had an ugly ankle injury he got taken off on a wheelchair actually but the good news with that is it was only deemed an ankle sprain so it will probably just be a couple weeks on Christian Wood. A great young talent having a fantastic season for the Houston Rockets so far. Anthony Davis is going to miss tonight's game against OKC with an Achilles issue. It does not seem to be serious, but he will miss at least one game. Larry Nance Jr. is going to be out about four to six weeks with a, what I believe is a knee injury. Not a big-time player over in Cleveland, but he's had uh, some interesting and fun plays. Everybody remembers that Bleacher Report video with the uh, the Bikini Bottom music and Larry Nance turning into Patrick after dunking. It's one of the most uh, one of the most all-time NBA videos, and I know you feel very strongly about that one. Yeah, I mean it predates <laughs> the it predates the NBA shutting down by like two or three days, um, so. Uh, I have a, I have a theory that Bleacher Report made that meme and then uh, it literally ruined the whole world. Are you possibly blaming Bleacher Report for coronavirus? I mean, it, possibly. <laughs> I, just, it was. We're gonna have to cut ab- that part. We're gonna get canceled. Such an absurd, uh, like meme that like there just had to be repercussions. <laughs> that is one of the funniest basketball moments I've ever seen. Yeah, honestly. Uh, and, but moving on, uh, DeAndre Hunter for the Atlanta Hawks is going to be out a few weeks as well. I believe that is also a knee injury. I could be wrong with some of these injuries. I'm just honestly going off memory on some of them. And Laurie Markkinen is going to be out two to four weeks for the Bulls with a shoulder injury. So maybe, maybe players are starting to get worn down a little as we get into February. The All-Star break is going to be in a little less than a month, or maybe exactly a month, I believe. So, uh, other than that, uh, some quick shout-outs. You know, I like to do some shout-outs every week to some guys who are having a good week since we met last. Uh, we got to mention Bojan Bogdanovic, uh, the Utah Jazz, and we'll talk about them a little bit, 19-5 and on the year. Uh, this man, Bojan Bogdanovic, has been averaging about 16 points per game. He had a fantastic game against the Charlotte Hornets. 
31.7 boards, 5 assists. That's 38 fantasy points for you fantasy players out there. In his past 7 days, he has been averaging 22 points a game, 5 boards, a little less than 3 assists. And that is pretty good for somebody of his stature. He's got a small forward and power forward eligibility. So you can slide him in there at the 4 and get some good scoring out of him. But of course, it's going to be all efficiency with him normally his rebounds aren't very high for somebody who qualifies for the four and we mentioned him before Kristaps uh, Porzingis and uh, we mentioned him on the shout outs before uh, he has had a fantastic last seven days as well over 20 points a game nine boards so he is really finding his groove for the Dallas Mavericks team that just took down uh, Steph Curry in his 57 points the other night against Golden State so other than that, I think that will do. We've had some other people play well from Thaddeus Young, who we mentioned last week, in possible, you know, trade, uh, trade, not rumor. Uh, we made the rumors, but a possible trade target for the Celtics. That's the word who, I'm looking who for. Who did you shout out before Porzingis? Yes. Who did you shout out before Porzingis? Oh, um, it was Bojan Bogdanovic. Okay, yeah. So, I, okay, good. That's yeah. actually who I was... I had pulled it up on the oh, really? to do, yeah. That's interesting. So I have, I have him in a fantasy in a week, and he cooked uh, the other night. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry also playing well. Jimmy Butler obviously struggling with some injuries earlier on in the season, but he is now finding his own as well. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about what's going on. Uh, let's check out these power rankings. So, man, the Jazz just keep flying up these power rankings, but they haven't hit the one spot just yet. And honestly, I don't imagine them really ever getting that one spot. I just feel like there are too many other teams that are more talented from a star-studying uh, perspective that have also really good records. For example, the Lakers come in at number one this week. They move up from the two spot. Uh, LeBron James helped them cap off a 3-0 and week, put up 21-9-7 against the Hawks, and then a triple-double against the Nuggets, and another great outing against the Pistons over the past week. Frank Vogel says, quote, I think it also sets the tone for our whole group. For him to have the mindset to be out there every night, it really helps our culture. So, LeBron doing big things, helping the Lakers stay pretty much in that conversation for the one seed in the west and we mentioned the utah jazz they come in at two from previously being ranked fourth in this power ranking they've won their past 15 of 16 and that is without mike conley who has been dealing with some tightness in his right hamstring but um he has also been very good for the jazz this year uh whether he has had to play some big minutes or a shorter amount of minutes. They got a tough schedule coming up, though. Their next month of basketball is really going to test them as they play teams just this week. They'll play the Celtics tomorrow night. Then they take on the Bucks and they play the Heat. They play the Heat and Bucks, I think, twice over the next month. They also play the Lakers and the Clippers twice. Uh, so they have some big games coming up. So as long as they're healthy, this will be a real testament to see if that 19-5 and record for these regular season darlings will stand true. Coming in at number three, we got the Clippers. They're 17 and 8. They were number one in last week's power ranking, but they fall a little bit after that loss to Brooklyn on Tuesday. Uh, Paul George obviously suffering a toe injury and or missed the past 
two games. Lost to the Celtics, too. Mm-hmm. That was actually, and we'll, we'll talk about that game later, but um, that was a pretty shocking game, though. I don't think we expected the Celtics to win at all. Coming in at number four, we got the Philadelphia 76ers. They dropped from this three spot, but only won. They're 17-7. and seven. Uh, They had a tough home loss on Thursday to Portland, who I believe didn't have either Dame or CJ. I think it might have actually been Dame. I think he sat out due to uh, some rest. Maybe it was a back-to-back or something for them. Uh, But they all did just fine as long as Joel Embiid keeps playing at the pace that he's been playing. And number five, we got the Milwaukee Bucks. They're 15-8. They moved up two slots from seven. Um, they haven't hit their stride yet, but they had a 4-0 week that capped with a 20-point win over the Pacers. Giannis posting 24 points, 11 boards, and 5 assists in Saturday's win over Cleveland. 25-point win in that one. And that was his 11th 2010-5 game this season, tying the Nuggets' Nikola Jokic for most in the NBA. They have a uh, they have a tough schedule themselves. They gotta play Denver, Phoenix, and Utah, their next three games, and then they get them boys in OKC, which will probably be a win for them. But hey, that helps everybody in the conversation here. So uh, from a more broad perspective, uh, not much has changed in the standings really. Um, I think the last time we talked it was probably Pacers uh, not Pacers Seven, uh, it was Philly, Milwaukee, uh, maybe the Celtics were ahead of the Brooklyn Nets, but honestly, I, I can't even remember because the way the Celtics have been playing, they might as well be in the bottom of this conference. They have not been having a great time lately. Very up and down, as we will definitely get to later. And then to round it out, you got the Pacers, Hawks, Hornets, and Knicks. And like we said, I think we said this earlier on in the season, we kind of expected those five to eight teams. Uh, we Well, Maybe not so with Indiana. We expected Indiana to stick around. But we expected those last three teams, last three playoff teams in the Eastern Conference to probably be interchangeable as right now that five seed, there's really only about three games between over a handful of teams ranging from the Pacers all the way down to the Orlando Magic Really only leaving the Wizards and the Pistons out of the conversation at the moment. And over in the West, outside of Utah and the Los Angeles teams, my first place future Phoenix Suns sitting in fourth place. They had a big win against the Celtics the other night. Uh, What a bad game that was for Boston, of course. And surprisingly, the San Antonio Spurs are sticking around. They sit at the five speed. They're above. Uh, they're the five seed. They are above the Nuggets, the Portland Trailblazers, and the Golden State Warriors. This is also a very tightly contested conference. We are about 24, 25 games into the season, and that last eight spot is the Golden State Warriors, who only have about a really two and a half game lead on another handful or so of teams in that Western Conference behind them. So much to be decided in this conference going forward. But you have some teams like the Kings and Rockets playing pretty well. Kings have won four straight, including that big win over the Celtics that we will also get into great detail about later. So other than that, I mean, I don't really think we got anything else to talk about. Um, I think we've done a... A pretty good job at keeping that short and sweet, little 15 minutes. Uh, what do you think? Got any thoughts about what's going on? 
The Jazz are a nice team. Uh, you said they're second in the power rankings. They're still first in the West, 15 of their last 16. Mm-hmm. But as I said, uh, I think last week, the Jazz remind me of like those Atlanta Hawk teams that were like really good, like one seeds in the East. Even the Celtics that one year that they were the one seed uh, in the East. That even if they get the one seed, like no one actually expects them to come out of the conference, and I will I'll stand by that until they prove me wrong. Because there's just I just don't see it. They're a nice team, nice regular season team, regular season darling. But unless Donovan Mitchell takes an absurd leap, I just I just don't think they have the top end talent to get it done. Yeah, I would agree with you 100 percent there. I, we, we know how I feel about Rudy Gobert. I feel like we ran about it, or I ran about him every week. Yeah. And then in the East, I, I think Philadelphia is legit. Uh, they're 17 and 7. Milwaukee's creeping up on them. No surprise that Milwaukee's getting back on, on track. Uh, Mike Budenhelzer Colts team is always nasty in the regular season. <clears throat> but I think Philadelphia is legit. They, which, they scare me. I think they, they have a real shot to potentially come out of the East. Mm hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, it's right now the the biggest, the big three of the Eastern Conference. You got Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Brooklyn's honestly, I'm not afraid to say it. They might be a non-factor if they can't figure out to defend. We talked yeah. about that last and week. I think also uh, Utah and Philly are are one two of one and one, I guess, in their respective conferences. And I think like if we were gonna do uh, voting. Quinn Snyder and Doc Rivers are, it's the coin flip for Coach of the Year. I guess I'd now I'd lean towards Quinn Snyder, but I would say those two are head and shoulders above the rest of the other coaches uh, for Coach of the Year mm-hmm. when you're looking at the standings because, you know, Frank Vogel, he's not going to win it. No. Mike Boldenholzer isn't going to win it. No. Those, those teams have, have been good for a while. I, Doc Rivers and Quinn Snyder, I give the advantage to Quinn Snyder because Doc Rivers is such so, a... So, well-known coach. He's won a couple coaches of the year, so... I agree, but of course, they. I think the Jazz would probably have to finish. Yeah. And there's still a long ways to go. So, we are going to talk about something a little different here. Obviously, basketball-related. We're going to talk about the U.S. men's Olympic team. And whether we think certain players are going to join this roster or not. Uh, I think it is very obvious to state that LeBron James is most likely not going to play for this team. I would be very surprised if he did, given how much he played winning a championship last season in the bubble. And now they're shortening his All-Star break almost for sure, because he will probably get voted into the All-Star game and lose pretty much any of that break. So I, I I would think that as soon as the season's over that he's going to enjoy the, whatever time off he can get. Uh, but let's let's uh, let's just talk about this. Yeah. Who else do uh, we think uh, might join this? So squad? Let, let me tell you this. You might, you got your I see you got your notebook over there. Okay. Um, I'm I'm I might grab my notebook too and start writing some stuff down. But I'm reading here. It says the 2016 team 2016 team consisted of only two returning players. From the 2012 Olympic gold medal team, okay. Kevin Durant and Carmelo Anthony. So, I guess LeBron didn't even play in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and reading this roster on Wikipedia, 
I really think you might have something similar to that in 2021 now. Okay, I'm going to read you the roster and tell me if you think that these players could even qualify for the U.S. Olympic roster. Qualify? Now. Yeah, could even make it. Okay. Okay, you ready? Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Are you sure? Mm, that's tough. I feel like he's close, though. All right. So when you say qualify, do you mean that would they like comparatively based just off like, skill? If they, I would say like you got these are like the top. This would be like the top twelve Americans, basically. Do you think that if if they held like if uh, you say LeBron's not going to play, so that would open up a spot number thirteen? You know, would technically get into this <coughs> scenario if LeBron doesn't play. Okay. Um, I'm just saying, like, do you think that Jimmy Butler would make it? Because I really don't Oof. know if he would. That's that's so tough. All right, it's a tough one, but I can go further down the line, and you'll get the answers get much easier. Okay. Okay. Next, Kevin Durant. I don't think he'll play. Yeah, but he would qualify. He would qualify yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay. Jander Jordan. No. No shot. No shot. Kyle Lowry. I don't think so no anymore. Harrison Barnes. No shot. No. DeMar DeRozan. No. No shot. Kyrie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Clay Thompson is going to be hurt. Can't play. Right. DeMarcus Cousins. No. No. Paul George. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, could, I could see PG. Draymond Green. No. Uh, I no. don't. Okay. I don't want to, but I almost think that he would. No. No shot. Really? Yeah. Ugh. And Carmelo. No, yeah, no. no. Okay. That's that was your Olympic team in, in twenty twelve. That's greasy. That's so greasy. We only had Butler was a maybe, Durant's a definite, Kyrie's a definite, and George is also a probably. And that's it. The rest of them are, are probably like Dunder Jordan no shot, like Demarcus Cousins no shot. Okay. So I think so, you're going to have a very different team. So so here's here's what I want to do then. Um, I want to look at some of the top players right now and see who, whether, A, I, I feel like everybody here would qualify, but do we think they would actually play? And immediately I'm looking at this list and I'm seeing a lot of non-American players. I mean, the top five is Jokic, Doncic, Giannis, and then LeBron, who I don't think is going to play, then Vucevic. So those are all... They have Vucevic as five? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at... Okay, technically I'm looking at fantasy basketball rankings. Oh, okay. But uh, that's obviously very centered to... Um, to center so i guess you right. know what i should do is i should probably just do it by position but nonetheless so we all right so let's talk about james hart and steph curry so they didn't play in 2016 i don't know what would change to make them play now especially with curry coming off injury and i don't know what do, do we do you remember why harden didn't play I don't. He must have just not felt like declined. It. So I he, my the way I'm thinking about it is if they declined back then, I can tell you James Harden. I'm looking at his Wikipedia now. He did win a gold medal in 2012. 
in okay. London. So he already had won his gold medal. Which so maybe he just didn't want yeah. to. Steph Curry never, has never won a gold medal at the Olympics. He didn't make the 2012 team. He just didn't play in 2016. Would maybe? Is there any chance he was hurt? 2016? Yeah. They went to the finals. No, that was... That well, was if the they year. went to the finals, maybe that's why maybe he sat out. Maybe he said, yeah, I guess. Well, it was against LeBron. Yeah, it was against LeBron and stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, LeBron didn't play in 2016 yeah, either. Yeah, so maybe. So, okay. So, I don't know. Maybe Curry is on the fence. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, I feel like he might play because he's never won before. All right, well, well listen. I'll, I'll write him in. I'll just write him in. Um, here's a guy who I think might play. What about Zach Levine? Yeah, I can see him playing. I I don't know if all the best players play that he would qualify, but he strikes me as someone that would play. I could be Well, the thing is, the reason why I go right to him, and not only because he's on this list or the way I'm sorting it, um, I feel like a lot of the top players are, are just not going to play because maybe their egos, they just don't feel like it, or they've already won a medal because they're good enough to play on past teams, or because they're going to be making playoff runs and they want a break. Yeah, I mean, the, I think it's the Game 7 of the NBA Finals or something is scheduled the day before the Olympics yeah. are supposed to take place. So there were some talks that the two teams that make the Finals, they're, they won't, they're, those players won't be able to play in the Olympics at all. Right. And that would, wouldn't just be for the U.S. team. I mean, if Giannis is in the finals, then he wouldn't be able to play for Greece. Right. Or, you know, and whatnot. So, I'm, I'm looking here at all these, I'm looking here at all these players. I'm looking at, like, Kawhi. I'm looking at Dame. I don't, I don't think they play. Is Kawhi Leonard from Canada, though? No, he's from the he's U.S. He's from the U.S.? He's I don't know why I thought California. he was from Canada. Um, but I like, think Kawhi, I would agree with you. You think um, Dame might play? I think Dame might play, yeah. Hmm. Do you think it's very dependent on how the how Portland finishes the year? Yeah, I I think I I don't know. I just got a feeling that Dame Dame will play. I think Julius Randle should play. I think that'd be a good a good good a good player for that team. I mean, I don't know if he'd make it. If, but see, you keep saying you don't know if he'd make like, it, but like, where are these other guys that are gonna make that it? Would play like his position. I mean, if he's a forward. Where are these other guys that are going to make it that are actually, like, better? Forwards that are better than Julius Randle? He, right now, he's well, playing a lot better than a lot of these other people that might have a higher, like, caliber based off the history. Tatum would make it over him. Huh? Tatum would make it over him. Do you think Tatum would play the four? Yeah. He, he can play the four. I do he can, but, like, on, a, on, a, this, on this kind of team? Brandon Ingram would make it over Julius Randle. Mm, I don't know. I think he would. I feel like we're. I, I feel like you're sleeping on Julius Randle a little bit. This, this is I what, feel like this you're is a, looking. You're looking at fantasy. Yeah, but I'm looking at how guys are playing now. Yeah, Julius Randle's on a. He's putting up good stats on a bad team. Brandon Ingram is playing on that much better of a team. No, but Brandon Ingram's team isn't much better. But I feel like Brandon. Ingram's All right, right the Knicks are eleven and fourteen. The, yeah, Pelicans, the Pelicans are, are ten and yeah, twelve. I, I don't know. I just maybe it's just because. Julius Randle been in the league for a while, and he's like, he's, all right. So, he's so he, hear me out. Around. Make your team. Who is who is playing on this team? Because I feel like you're just going to say all these top players in the league. All right. And I, I feel like a lot of them are just going to be like, nah. I, I'm going to write. I'm going to start writing down names of players that I think will play and qual. Like the first ones to yeah, qualify how, that'll play. How many do you think I need for position? I'm going to 
label them forward. Well, how many forward? does the roster hold? 12. 12? I'm going to do guards, forwards, and centers, or just guards and so forwards? So I feel like you probably... Oh, guards, forwards, centers. Um, so I think you probably get two centers and maybe... Hmm, I, I think you probably get two centers and then you get like one forward who can play the center and then you kind of get um like two power like forwards two like two smaller forwards and two bigger forwards okay so that's like seven and then i feel like the rest are guards okay so i'm gonna go down the list here and i'm gonna i'm gonna start writing down people i think will play okay so center bam Adebayo. yeah for sure i i definitely think he would qualify okay. and he and he probably should play next on this list is a guard bradley okay. beal yeah but again i mean i think i'll play he hasn't played before, right? No. Next on the list. Okay. Devin Booker, guard. Hmm. I think. I'll okay. Play. Okay. Jalen Brown, forward guard combo. See, I think last year he wouldn't have qualified. Well, this last year, year, Julius Randle definitely wouldn't have qualified. Uh, I agree. Yeah. This year, Jalen Brown, I would think would would qualify okay. for sure. Okay. I think Steph Curry's playing, so I'm I'm putting him. Although this, I might have to add a thirteenth player because of all the players I've mentioned, Steph Curry is the most unlikely I think to play. Okay, yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay, this is another one that I I actually think will play, but I feel like you might roll your eyes at, and I'm gonna put him under center, but he could also go under forward, I guess. Anthony Davis. I don't think Anthony Davis will play. If he wants to play, he's on the team, though. That oh, of course. Him. 100% qualified. But I think where he's at right now in his career, I don't think he plays. Especially with the Lakers, very likely to make a deep run. Fair. Okay. So now I got one, two, three, four, six. I got six. Damian Lillard. I think he's playing. Yeah, I mean, as long as, as, long as Dame wants to play, he, he's there. Okay. For sure. Jason Tatum. I think he's playing. And I'm putting him under forward. Okay. If he wants to. That's another one, like, if he wants to play, he's on the team. Yeah. And now we kind of start getting names. So, uh, he, here, here's a name I'll give you. What about Ben Simmons? He's Australian. Oh, my God, that's right. Can't wait I forgot that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He'll make the Australian <laughs> team. Yeah, yeah he'll, he'll definitely make the Australian <laughs> team, bro. <laughs> All right, wh- what do you got? Donovan Mitchell. Ugh. Did you say he had played before? He did. He played in that... Remember the tournament that all the Celtics played in uh, last summer? He played in that. Yeah. I could see him qualify, and I feel like he would play too. But it's like very... that That's almost borderline just fringe. Just, but I feel like recency bias. I feel like he should qualify. Yeah. I'm leaving off LeBron. I'm leaving off Durant. I'm leaving off Kawhi. I don't think mm-hmm. any of those people are playing. Mm-hmm. All right? So, I'm looking. I got four guards here. Uh, Beal, Booker, Curry, and Lillard. Okay. Three forwards. Brown, Tatum, and I'm putting Donovan Mitchell under forward as well. He's not a forward. I mean, I don't him and Devin a... Booker, I feel like, are the same he, type of player, he, like, size-wise. I thought Booker was a little tall. I thought Booker was, like, 6'8". Booker's like 6'6". Six, six. I think Mitchell's like 6'4". Oh, okay. But I feel like Mitchell plays bigger than Booker, if you know what I mean. I don't know. I feel like you can throw Devin Booker at the three. 
I, or the I agree, two. yes. Mitchell is, Mitchell, is a I don't two. Know. Mitchell's a two by by size. Yeah, I feel like you could just swap those two in the yeah. spots you have them at. So okay. this is another guy I think will play. And you might roll your eyes and say no way. But That's I really think this two. guy I really think this guy's gonna play because I just he strikes me as someone that would really want to play. Russell Westbrook. No chance. He plays? No like, chance. I think Russell he will. Plays. I think he will. Nope. I think he will. I don't think so. Why do you think he will? He's an ultra competitor and he just He's been on such a dog he's on such a dog water team this year. You think he's just in, gonna want to play in a team that'll win? Washington? Yeah, I think he might he's dying to win. Well listen, I He's won't. a known loser. He's a known loser around the NBA. He might want to pick up a gold medal. I I can't argue that. I just don't think at his his current spot, his career with injuries that he's dealt with, I I, 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 I tend to lean guys of his caliber at that age would probably lean to taking more time off and just not being Really, but like competitive wise, I could I could see where you're going with it. Okay. How about this one? Okay. Chris Middleton. Oh yeah, I'm putting him on my team. For sure. I think Chris Middleton would make it before Donovan Mitchell. No, stop. Yeah. No. What is this? The Donovan Mitchell fan club? So I'm I'm up to I'm up to eleven now. Okay. So I'm looking for my last spot. I'm from what I'm really looking at, I have I got like three or four legit guards. Gordon Hayward. No. <laughs> he didn't even get invited. <laughs> oh no he did. He did get invited. I don't know. He did? Anybody. Yeah. Uh so I feel like I'm looking for a big guy here. Although I said Brandon Ingram and I think he might be on the team. But it really comes down to if I want to go big guys, Miles Turner. Or Montrez Harrell, or Andre Drummond. Mm. Honestly, I, I feel I think like they might go with Drummond. I was gonna say Drummond, and I think he might play. I don't see why Drummond wouldn't play unless he's got this weird thing where he just doesn't like want to play because he doesn't feel like it. I feel like that would be awfully strange. That's another guy that's on a... Um, he's just been on dog water teams his whole career. I think he's just trying to maybe get a win. Get some wins. Yeah, I... I, I, I could I could see Drummond playing. He definitely... I feel like he should be a back-end qualifier for sure. Um, hmm. So, I'm going to give you my team right now. Okay. Just to reiterate. So, my team is... Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Middleton, Bam, Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond. Okay. Next two alternates I have as Brandon Ingram and Miles Turner. And I wouldn't I wouldn't even be surprised. I know I know I disagree. I don't think Brandon Ingram should be really in over anybody here. Um Unless, like, they put him in over Westbrook if he didn't play. They could put him in over Drummond if they feel confident that they can... Just go roll with two ball. big men? Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm looking I'm, I'm looking at the, I mean, a I'm similar taking, list. Kawhi, I don't think, is playing. As I said, Harden's not playing. You know what? 
I know we said no immediately to DeMar DeRozan, but he's having a sneaky decent year, and I I would I and again, I feel like he's a name that I wouldn't he be did, surprised. I mean, he did play on the team last year. Yeah, is Popovich Popovich is the coach, right? Uh, I think he is. I have no idea. To I'm be fairly certain he, he is. Coach K used to be the coach, and he's not anymore. Yeah, I mean DeRozan's on the Spurs. So, I don't know if that helps his case. But, I mean, for DeRozan's sake, though, I see a lot of players that are, like, the same size as him that are better. Like, you even mentioned Zach Levine, who I, I have kept off my list here. But, um... Oh, Zach Levine didn't even... Is Zach Levine not from the U.S.? I thought he was. Yeah, Coach Pop is definitely the, the coach he, of this uh, team, by the way. Zach Levine didn't even get this list, got this invited. He didn't even get invited? I no. feel like that's kind of a crime. The way, like, the, he, I mean, even last year, I feel like he's, I know, uh, mm, this is so tough because there's so many guys that are, like, actually, like, re- really good, but, like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm looking under the L last names of people that got invited, so. Kawhi um, Leonard, Damian Lillard, Brooke Lopez, no. Kevin Love, no. What about young guys like Zion and John Morant? I think Trey Young. I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Also, guys like De'Aaron Fox. True. I feel like there's a big list of guys that kind of fit the same tier. Okay, so I got this. I actually am reading down the article, okay? Uh, among players who were in China for last year's 2018, whatever, FIBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, many big names have already expressed their interest in returning to the roster in 2020. Okay. Jimmy Butler, who I don't know would qualify. I feel like he'd make it, though. I feel like they'd pick him. Maybe. Okay. This is going to contradict you right here. Okay. That is the plan for sure. You know, knock on wood, you don't want any injuries or things like that to interfere, said Warriors guard Steph Curry who played at the USA Basketball Cup in 2010 and 2014, although he has never played in the Olympics. Huh. Okay. I want to play USA Basketball. If I get the opportunity to do so, they, if they invite me, I definitely would love to do so, said Lakers forward Anthony Davis. Sheesh. So everybody all of a sudden is just going to play, right? That's Is that really what's going to happen now? I feel like you have like these players that, I don't know. Anthony Davis won the he won uh gold in twenty twelve. He must have been hurt he must have been hurt in twenty sixteen. Uh this one said uh another one here. I would love to, hopefully God willing, said Clippers guard Paul George. I don't know if this is just the case of players saying like they wanna play just to say it, like to sound good for the media. Mm-hmm. Another one here. It's one of my goals to represent this beautiful country at the Olympics. Brooklyn guard James Harden. Okay, so clearly this is the year <laughs> where either everybody says they're going to play, and then when the moment comes, they're like, ah, screw it, I'm not playing. Or they're literally all or playing. This, or this is like the this, dream team. The new super team. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Another one here. I would love to play. I will address that at some point. Lakers forward LeBron James. Yeah, I, I'm seeing that he hasn't necessarily ruled it I, out and that I he wants do, to play for Pop. I do really want to play, but I'm taking it one step at a time, said Clippers forward Kawhi Leonard. 
All right, so they're just all going to fucking play. <laughs> that, Leonard this is has ridiculous. yet to play for Team USA in major international competition. All right, this was a waste of time then. This is honestly such a waste no, of time. No, because you know these teams, these guys, I, I feel like they're just they're saying, just saying that, that, that to say it. So ah. I feel like that's why my team is is more realistic than just lining the list of LeBron, Kawhi, like all these studs. All right, so you know what we're going to do? Um, I'm going to make my list off off. Up okay. off pod, and we'll see whose team is closest. Yeah. I, to being I'm also right. gonna make a. I'm also gonna make another list. Yeah, make a new, because this was straight off the top of our heads. Right. Let's and let's do it with color. all this information and in, like right. in account. And we for, can compare. So we got twelve, right. and let's also we can talk off air. Yeah. We don't have to decide on air, but we have to make we have to designate the same number of people per position so okay. our teams would be we'll figure as, that. as equal we'll, as possible. We'll, we'll do this and we'll come back and revisit this. Do do we do you know when they're going to announce the team? Like oh, how soon? It's not going to be probably until like May or June because okay. if they're not it's going to be really greasy because there's no there's not going to be any like qualifying and stuff like that. Right. And if they don't, if the NBA doesn't want the teams in the finals to play, then you're not going to know the final rosters technically until like two or three weeks before the Olympics. All right. Well, maybe what we'll do is when if if it, when it comes down to it, if we pick a team that has players that go to the finals and they don't play, we just won't count that against anybody. Well, we'll just we'll just have our. We should each maybe list like three or four alternates. Sounds good to me. With that being said, it is time for. The Celtics talk. This went a lot longer than I expected. I'm pretty happy about that. Let's get Dan on the phone. So give him a call while I slowly stall and segue us into the Celtics portion of this podcast. So as I mentioned a little bit beforehand. Hopefully he answers. Uh, yeah, hopefully Dan answers. I, he did say he was going to answer. Um, you, Celt- you want to call or FaceTime? Call. Make it easy for him. Um, we are going to have to see what Dan thinks about the Celtics last week. Let's see if he uh let's see if he picks up. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey DS, stand say welcome to the Cool Zone debut on the Cool Zone. How are we doing tonight, fella? Hey man, you know, I'm chilling. Safety. I'm sorry, I just soiled myself on air. Oh my god. Alright, I'll play oh, I'll man. play the role I'll play the role of filler. So uh god. so we're just about to get into the Celtics talk. Uh yeah. why don't you lead us off? Why don't you give us your initial reactions of the last week or so of the Celtics and maybe because you haven't been on the pod yet if you want to give us yeah. even some yeah, year long so, expect uh well, We'll set the stage for you a little bit. So, obviously, the, over the past week, the Celtics have gone 2-2, two and two, dropping games against the Kings and Suns and winning games against the Warriors and the Clippers. So, with that being said, with everything going on with Kemba this year and, of course, our favorite boy, Aaron Neesmith, um, just give us your thoughts on all that, on everything you've thought so far since this is your first time giving the listeners uh, your perspective from the Celtics. Yeah, so, you know... They're 12 and 10 right now. I mean, fourth, I believe, in the conference uh, standings. And it's like, I expect them to be top three. I don't think they're like a one seed, two seed. I think right there in the three slot. Um, But Kemba obviously has been bad. I mean, he's not shooting well. 
his field goal percentage way down, three-point percentage way down. And again, he's averaging like 15 points per game. Last year, he had around 20, and he just has been up and down, obviously. Um, Especially last game against the Suns, we're just... It's hard. I mean, obviously the guy has a bad knee, but if the Celtics want to go to the finals, they need him to be, I don't know, 90% of what he was last year or what he was with the Hornets. Um, Or they need him to be off the team. What? (laughs) I said, or they need him to be off the team. That too, but like, I don't think you're going to be able to move him in that contract, but... Yeah, 12 and 10, not the start that I envisioned, but injuries obviously, you know, have hurt them. They're not deep. We all know that. And apparently, you know, guys like Aaron Neesmith, he's obviously a question mark, to say the least. Uh, and, uh, I think you mean he's a bust. Yeah, nah, listen, yeah. I think bust is the right <laughs> word for that man. And thank you for giving us an easy segue, because let's talk about Aaron Neesmith, baby. It's our favorite time of the podcast. It's the Aaron Neesmith stat line of the week. Let's go. All right. It's filled. It is packed. Jam packed. So let's go to Golden State where the Celtics won 111 to 107 in a close game on TNT. First game on the West Coast. Aaron Neesmith. DNP coaches decision. Let's go. Great game from Aaron Neesmith in that one. And let's go our second night. It's the second night of a back-to-back on the West Coast. In Sacramento, tough loss for the Celtics, but let's raise our spirits by looking at Aaron Neesmith's stat line. And this was a very shorthanded team for the Celtics. A Ooh, very shorthanded. Very shorthanded indeed, because they had no Kemba and no actually, Marcus Smart. yep, no Marcus Smart. Still no Peyton Pritchard, I believe, yeah. in this one either. So a lot of players down. So let's check out Neesmith's stat line. Looks like uh, another DNP coaches decision. <laughs> That's back-to-back on a back-to-back, baby. Okay, so let's go on. That was Wednesday night. Let's go Friday night. Uh, JB out. I'll let, let me segue this. Yeah. JB's out against the Clippers. You know, someone that's 6'6", six, six, JB 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, who's going to take, take his minutes? It's got to be Aaron Nesmith. It's got to be Neesmith, right? That's, that's similar, my guy. They got similar size. He's the best shooter in the draft. Yes, sir. All right, so let's take a look. And this big win against the Clippers, might I add. Uh, Aaron Neesmith's stat line. He played zero minutes at the NBA coach's decision. Let's go. Let's go, baby. All right. Three coaches, DNP coaches' decisions in a row. There's no way. He can only go up. He can only go up from here. Like, there's no chance that anything like Javante Green playing more minutes than Aaron Neesmith happens. There's no no, way. So, Sunday afternoon. Still no JB. Right before the Super Bowl. No JB in this game. Okay. Celtics lose a tough game in Phoenix, 191. And riddle me this, riddle me this. Okay. Can you tell me who started at shooting guard for the Celtics in that game against the Suns? So it looks like this, uh, I'll just go through the starters. It looks like looks like Tristan Thompson started, big okay, man. Okay, And yeah. they slotted in Grant Williams 
at the four. I, I mean, he started he started a game or two this year, so that's not like people forget how good he was at Tennessee, man. Fending, and okay. he was good against Golden State the other night. Too. True, I'll give him that. Tatum, obviously in the lineup, three yep, guy. Yep, yep. And point guard was Kemba. Okay, I hate, I don't like Kemba now, but if give him his minutes. The, the the contract he has, you have to start him. When you he's have healthy. to start him, and uh, it 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 looks like it looks like my eyes don't deceive me. That's not a true NBA point guard. Carson Edwards started, wow. which means if Carson yeah. Edwards is in the starting lineup, Nisus must be your sixth man. Oh, he's first guy off the bench. Yeah, he must have tallied up like. 20 minutes in this game, right? At least. All right, so let's go to his stat line. Let's go all the way down the list. He should be at the top, honestly, but it uh, looks like they're trying to trick us. I think they're trying to trick us in the okay. box score. Okay. Sneaky, like 30 minutes Re- at the bottom. Reverse, reverse alphabetical order by last name. So yeah. AA would be at the bottom of the list. Right, 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 guaranteed. right. That's perfect, perfect. Okay, <laughs> so we scroll down. It looks like Aaron Neesmith played zero minutes again because it's another DMV coach's decision. Oh, no. So you're telling me that on this West Coast trip, I, in your basement, uh-huh. have the same stats over the last four games as Aaron Neesmith. Unfortunately, lottery pick. Unfortunately, when you get four DNP coaches decisions, that means that across four games, you played zero minutes, scoring zero points with zero stats to go with it. So technically, your fat ass sitting here doing nothing did as much as Aaron Neesmith has done all week. That is quite impressive how dog shit Aaron Neesmith is. Listen, um, I, we understand the situation with him not playing last year, but he's, with his injury in college, he's healthy now. And he's played garbage time minutes in Chicago and Cleveland. Why is he not being called? And, and mind you, when he played those minutes in Chicago and in Cleveland, he did fairly well. He can, shot like three or five. Can, can I ask you a question? Do you Can you pull up? I'll give you a second to go back. Sure. Can you pull up the Sacramento Kings game, the uh, box score? Oh, yeah, it's right here. Okay. Yep, I'm here. All right. I want you to tell me how many minutes did Tremont Waters, who's not an NBA player, oh. and Javante Green, who's also not an NBA player, oh. play in this game over Aaron Neesmith, your lottery pick from the previous draft? Yeah, so this is going to be a sore source, uh, site for eyes that won't even get to see it because this is a podcast, folks. Uh, 23 minutes played for Tremont Waters. He shot one of eight from the field. Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, he did five assists, though. Five assists. Okay. 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 That was. Um. Uh, oh, I'm. I'm so sorry. I tricked you guys. He did not have five assists. He had two. <laughs> that's. A, that's a prank. He. He had two assists. That no, way, I pranked you again. I'm looking at rebounds. I'm. I'm blind tonight. Uh. Yeah. He had five assists. That was second on the team. Only second to Jason Tatum. Sheesh. Okay. 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 But do you mind? Do you mind telling me? I'm just. I'm just gonna confirm this here. Uh. Do you mind telling me where we we all know that Tremont Waters isn't an isn't not an NBA player? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you mind telling me? Do you, do you know where Tremont Waters was drafted and then draft? I actually have no idea. If I had to guess, uh, he was probably a mid late second round pick. Yeah, second round, fifty first pick. Oh, so you know, some of those guys hit every once in a once in a blue moon. But for the most part, I would say you could pick second round 51st. Odds are you are probably going to be riding the end of a bench or not be an NBA player. Mm. So we know he's not a real NBA player. 
He's just on there because their bench stinks. And Javante Green, how many minutes did he play? Uh, he played 15 minutes, sir. And you know where Javante Green was drafted? He was not. Not drafted? He, uh, he played over in Europe for about seven years before he could finally crack uh, an NBA roster. So, Javante Green, who was in Europe, played 15 minutes. And Tremont Waters, who was the 51st pick in the second round, played 23 minutes. And you're telling me your 14th lottery pick couldn't get in over those dog water players? Shorthanded? Trem- what? How? What does that say? Tremont, about, Tremont about Waters, your, uh, by the way, is a uh, career 24% from the field. Just 23 minutes for 24% from the field, just FYI. Uh, listen, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a lean to you, DS, on this one. I, I don't... I wouldn't. I don't think you're an Aaron Nesmith fanboy, but uh, what do you what do you have to say about all this? I'll I'll say this. Like, I feel like Danny. Obviously, he got you know Peyton Pritchard seems like a hit, but besides that, dude, think about it. Right? He's hit on Tatum, Brown, Marcus Smart, all of those guys, top six picks. I think Danny's good at like a valid, you know. Seeing top talent and being able to identify that, I think he's good at that. But in terms of like hoarding all these like later picks and using them and not trying to use them as like a trade asset in any shape or form, I don't know. Like, I don't like it because the late picks, it's either stash and whatever, you know, put them in a main and yeah, can, I, can I cut you off here, Dan, like for a sec? It. Can I cut you off here? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna raise a question to you, okay? Okay? Yeah. What do you think about Danny Ainge refusing to trade that Kings pick and then that Grizzlies pick that were projected to potentially be in the lottery where you had no idea where they were gonna fall and you know there was talks they're gonna trade those picks for someone like Paul George, uh yep. you know, Kawhi Leonard, uh Kevin Love at a time. These type of players. Andre Drummond, even. What do you say to those people that said, we need to hold these picks only for those picks to turn into Aaron Neesmith and Romeo Langford, who hasn't even played this season because he's made of glass? Yeah. I'd simply say that you know, Ainge was wrong and that, you know, you got to use those picks for anything else than that because he can't identify talent and, you know, that deep. If those picks had any potential, you know, like truly of being, you know, I know the Memphis one was protected. Uh, I don't know what the Kings one it was. Only, was. It was only top one protected. Yeah, but regardless, like, Ainge just... I feel like he's not really uh, utilizing his assets the proper way uh, in terms of, like, the deeper ones. Like, the can't misses in terms of drafting Tatum, uh, having that leverage, uh, sorry, you know, and uh, getting that trade with Memphis uh, for that pick trading down to get Tatum because he knew that top talent was there. Uh, he can't do that in the later rounds, and I wish he could. 
Um, but he clearly can't, and it hasn't paid off. Neesmith was their first pick of the last draft, and he is nowhere to be seen. And when he has been seen, he hasn't been good. But Pritchard, he's the best shooter in the draft, Dan. Yeah, exactly. And Pritchard, he <laughs> fell into. He will occasionally fall into guys like a Pritchard, a Rondo, whoever, a Perk, whatever, a guy that can be used. But he holds on to too many of them, clearly, and will stash them. Why not try to use that for a trade? He's been so hit or miss in the trade deadline in terms of standing pat. This year, use that uh, trade exception. Um, I know it's not as valuable right now as it is in the offseason. In the offseason, you get the $28 million. I believe in the regular season, you can only get up to $22 million, I believe. Um, so, whatever. Do something before the deadline, because if he doesn't, and Kemba can't get back to like 90-ish percent, they're screwed. They're not going to get by Brooklyn if Kemba isn't anywhere you know close to that ceiling and i feel like their their overall ceiling is high but they've shown that they have a floor where they don't compete they go down to their level of competition at times too so ds let me let me ask you this do you think that do you think that celtics fans sometimes uh defend and make excuses for danny ainge too often I think so, yeah. I mean, I think people, I, I mean, how long has Danny Ainge been here? What, like 16, uh, 18 yeah. years? Like, Since it's like been 2004 a or 2003, somewhere around that time frame. And look, the big three move he pulled off with KG and Ray Allen, all time. Like, yeah, that is, you know, you got your championship. They arguably should have had two, whatever, but... That was a great move. Uh, you know, he gets all the credit for that. But now, we're in 2021, man. 2008, 13 years ago at this point. So, what have you done for me lately? You know, he's done some good things in the draft with Tatum, obviously. We have a good young core. But, you know, on the market, Gordon Hayward, what did you get out of that asset? You still had him. You could have moved that. With the Pacers, you could have got a better rim protector in uh, Miles Turner, and you didn't. You got a trade exception. I mean, out of what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't be out here disrespecting the high-caliber talent of trade exception. We know he needs to get some run. Uh, I mean... You know, trade exception, man. I I believed in him, man. I you know, I I truly did. But no, like Danny Ainge, I feel like goes for the fleece too often. Yeah. Can I can and, I can I ask you a question? It's it's yeah. on it's on that point. Sure. It's on that point. And this yeah. this this may sound extreme, but I'm worried that that you are setting you're getting to a point as a Celtics organization that you have to start looking over your shoulder for the potential of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum to turn into this next disgruntled superstar on a team that is not competing for a championship. If Danny Ainge refuses to make a deal at the deadline, 
to try and help this team get better. Does he deserve calls for his job? Not saying that he needs to get fired, but does the murmuring need to begin? Yeah. And I'll say this. He won't get fired until Tatum potentially leaves. If Tatum, you know, we're on that clock now. Tatum signed that, you know, that extension. Now we're on that five-year clock where if Tatum ends up being one of those guys that wants out, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know what else you do but remove the GM at that point. I've got a, but I've got a hot we're take. Not there yet. I think uh I think the Celtics are better off playing worse until the trade deadline than they are playing better if fans want to see trades or see yeah. a trade like a big trade happen cuz I feel like like we've seen in past years where if the Celtics are in a pretty good position around the trade deadline they think they don't need to make a trade and they just keep trudging along but if they're in this position where they're hovering around 500 when they should be much better I wonder if maybe that would push Ainge and the front office to make more uh, a better effort. I, uh, to, I, yeah. To, uh, to, play de- to play devil's advocate okay. on that, I think potentially that why I agree with some of the points you say, I could see a scenario playing out where the Celtics are around 500 going into the deadline and Ainge says... I'm not making a deal now. I don't think we're winning a championship. I want to see what we have in Romeo Langford or Aaron Neesmith, just for them to get DMP coaches' decisions by Brad because he's too scared to move a guy and the team not to you know, immediately have success and have this guy go somewhere else and turn out to be nasty. So do you think it needs to be a happy medium of you know, yeah, 500? I mean, and- I mean, I really don't think there is any medium because you have a GM that refuses to make a trade unless he feels like people on Twitter are going to say he absolutely fleeced the opposition team when it's made. Hmm. And I think that's the sad reality. He, re- he refuses to make... I, I really feel like he refuses to make any deals where he doesn't feel like he won, where he hits an A+, and the other team gets like a, a D or an F. He can't ever make a trade where he gets a B and the other team gets a B plus, or he gets a C and the other team gets a B. It, it has to be a home run for him and no one else. Mm. No one, nobody can convince me that he made the right call in not making a deal with Indiana rather than doing the you know TPE that he did. Dan Greenberg like, can make you a deal. <laughs> Facts. Now, it's ridiculous, though, man. Like, you had an asset, Gordon Hayward, right? The guy you brought in with Kyrie, and then you have a chance to get something out of him. You get a trade exception that you might not even use until the offseason. A, tra- a trade exception that you might not use, period. Let's not forget yeah, that. that, too. And it's It's infuriating. And it goes right to your point, Jonathan. It was reported that Ainge wanted more than Indiana obviously wanted to give. And, like, what are you doing, man? You're going to lose him no matter what. He's leaving no matter what. And you get basically nothing, bro. It's, ugh. 
I mean, you'd like to think that when he does the trade exception deal that he has plans to use it, but it just the inclination that everybody has gotten is just not positive around that uh that track. I mean, the Celtics haven't haven't made in in my opinion, the Celtics haven't made a legit trade since Kyrie Irving. I'm trying to yep. think. Was that was yep. the last legit trade? Because that offseason was the same offseason he traded the first pick uh, to the Sixers for Tatum. And then later in August, they traded for Kyrie. That is the last time that I really think he made a deal. I mean, he has small deals in here. But something that actually, I think, had a profound impact on the team was five years ago. Okay, so I I, th- I might have asked Jonathan this earlier on. Um... Not on this pod, but earlier on in the season. So I'm going to ask you this, Dan. Um, yeah. And this is putting you on the spot, so feel free to take your time if you need to. But um, when we come to the trade deadline, what is your ideal trade that you want to see? Whether you're going to take the perspective of who do you want to see dealt by, from the Celtics or who you want to be brought in or both? Like, what is your ideal trade deadline uh transaction yeah so ideally we peel off either i would say you know a guy like smart or kemba you know i don't think you can move kemba so like i don't want to put that as my thing because i don't think you can do that um i don't think it's like in the realm of uh possibility here um and i think it'd be bad optics for the team but smart i would totally consider considering i think he's like one of your most valuable pieces that you could peel off where you still keep obviously you know brown and tatum but i want a shooter and if i could also i would want another big um whether or not they would have to move somebody else um, or not. Actually, I'm sorry. On the spot, not a big, a wing, a true wing, like a true bench two-way guy that, you know, isn't garbage, but can do things on both sides of the ball um, that can be on your second unit. Because right now, I think, you know, they have a little bit of it with uh, Shemi, but I think they need a little bit more. Obviously, losing Hayward, you lose a lot of that. So I think they could use that. And I wouldn't hate Smart being off the team if it has to come to that, because I like him. But ultimately, I think Smart is a guy that you could replace you know without really taking too much of a loss because you you've got elite guys already with Tatum and uh Brown so so are there are there any players that come to mind that kind of fit that mold for what you just mentioned because um I'm I'm just thinking in my head and I'll I'll, I'll I'll give you some buffer time but this may not be a crazy two-way player but even a guy like a Terrence Ross from the Magic, I feel like that could be a yeah. feasible deal, something that you can make. Um, 
I mean, we talked about Thaddeus Young last week. I still think that's a, Young too, yeah. a good yeah. option. Um, we talked about on PlayStation, we talked about Mike Muscala. Yeah, Mike. He's more of a big. <laughs> yeah, Mike, he's definitely a big, but I he mean. Provides shooting. Yeah, that's that's definitely I mean, possible. For for me, I would take a big too. I mean, for for me, the the pipe dream, which I think would make you a title contender, would be Nick Vucevic, but I don't see uh, Orlando trading him. Yeah. Yeah, and he, I think he's above the TPE. Well, you that that would be why you'd have to throw in maybe like a Marcus Smart. Like a, yeah. And then Ross and Vucevic with the TPE to match salary. But then in these scenarios, you have to give up a lot of picks. And we know how Danny oh, yeah. Ainge feels about picks. So I just can't see him making a big move like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm even looking at other guys like Harrison Barnes. I know his money is probably tough. He has two years on his deal. I, I don't see Sacramento just, trading him. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say this. Ainge was willing to give up all the young guys he had back in 07, you know, Al Jefferson and whoever else, whether or not they were actually good assets or not. Back then, he had no problem. Oh, I'll give you all the young guys for KG. You know, obviously, you know, Kevin McHale was there at the time with T-Wolves, but, like, Danny Ainge should look through the mirror, or the fucking mirror, the fucking glass and see that your core needs guys like Vucevic that yeah yeah he's like what 30 I think um he's in the prime of it of his career perfect for this core Kemba around the same age and Tatum and Brown obviously are younger but like now's not the time to be hoarding draft picks man come on Right, because the longer you hold the hoard these draft picks, and they turn in because they're going to be late twenties, you're not even get lottery picks where you can at least say uh, Romeo Langford and Aaron Neesmith are dog water, but they were lottery picks, so they might be good. You're going to end up with Carson Edwards and Semi Ojeles and the Grant Williams of the world. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, I think we are pretty much in agreement on all things trade deadline and all things uh, Danny Ainge and also with the team regarding Kemba and Aaron Neesmith. So as I've as I mentioned, it was a tough uh, a tough week for the Celtics, but they were still able to come away with some important wins in Golden State and Los Angeles against the Clippers. You know, we mentioned or Jonathan mentioned last week that 3 and 2 would be a good week for them. So they're two and two. Obviously, with we included uh, the Utah Jazz as a part of that. I don't know why we included them, um, but I guess we just kind of figured it was the road trip or something. Um, are they back in Boston? Yeah. Okay. They're so, in Utah tomorrow. Okay, so that's probably why we. I'm just it thinking over the week the of the pod. Trip. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, three and two for the road trip would be good, which means that game tomorrow night against Utah uh, is going to be a big one to fill that standard. Uh, but yeah, just to wrap things up, it was a bad shooting week for the Celtics. Uh, we, as we mentioned, Kemba really struggled, um, and you know, uh, for the most part, everybody else kind of fell in line. Tristan Thompson played some good games. Uh, I'll give him that. He's been struggling lately before this past week, but he put in some good performances. He played well in Sacramento. 
He played well in Golden State. Um, he played okay in Los Angeles as well. Um, even Kemba played okay in Los Angeles. He's 9-19 for 24 points. That was still pretty good. Carson Edwards was the big surprise in that one. And Robert Williams also was great in that game. Uh, he kind of had to be with Daniel Fias only playing nine minutes. And then in Phoenix, I mean, that was pretty much a dumpster fire. Uh, nobody played well in they that game. They shot so bad. Can you read me what they shot? They shot 35% from the field. That's awful. And 66 from the line, only taking 12 free throws. The Suns were perfect from the line. Suns were awful from three. They're 27, Celtics 38 from three, but they are around 50% from the field yeah. in total. And Re- they got 50 rebounds. I want you to read me something for you, okay? Kemba Walker inside the arc in the Phoenix game. Read me his stats if you can. 0 for some. 9. Yep. Pretty good. Yep. Four, he took 11 threes, hit four, and those were all, it's only four shots that he hit in that game. And he didn't do much as a point guard in the game. He had two assists. Yep. $35 million. Now, it's the contract just keeps keeps scaring you more and more. I'm I'm one of the biggest Kemba fans out there. You know, I've uh, been following him all the way back to UConn. But been Kemba defender for a while too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, he's not living up to his contract. Obviously, his knee is trash. But you know, I don't really trust the Celtics medical team all that much, you know, dating back to Isaiah and his hip, all of that. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just think that he needs more time off. Like, I think that ultimately he was rushed back and he clearly is not okay. And I think what you say, you say he's rushed back. Okay. He was off. From August to January, I understand so that, but like, if he's not I think ready his after knee... five months, what? Why should he be ready after six or seven? I but... think he's never going to be ready ever again. All right, thirty years old, he needs stem cell treatment. Maybe give the guy a little bit more time and wait because they're talented enough without him to be a middling East like four seed. You know, borderline three seed if they pick their shit up. But with him better and with more rest, like, I'm not saying he's going to be an all-star, but, like, I don't know. Like, the guy clearly is not right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I just think I've been on the pod a while. Uh, he, he, I mean, I've said this on the pod for a while. (laughs) He, He has a good game every here and there. But, but that's not enough. I, I think he's done. I, I think he's done. He is... Every day that passes, his contract gets worse and worse. And he can't even play the second game of back-to-back. So, in a regular season, I think you play, like, somewhere between 8 and 11 back-to-back. So, even in an 82-game schedule, he's not playing... He's guaranteed to not play uh, 10%, basically... Or more of the season, I mean that's that's that just can't happen. Not for the price that you not pay. for the price. So I think that's a good I think that's a good stopping point for this edition of the Cool Zone. But before we go 
just kind of a quick looking ahead. I think we can kind of make this a little weekly staple where we try and see what these guys need to do over the next week. So like we mentioned, uh, finishing up the road trip on the West Coast in Utah tomorrow night. Then they got Toronto coming in Thursday, Detroit on Friday, so a back-to-back later in the week. Then they have to go to D.C. to play the Wizards on Sunday, an afternoon game, so hopefully they play better than they did uh, this previous Sunday, a.k.a. yesterday. Uh, And then that'll take us uh, to the next edition before we head to the next slate. So, four games on the docket. What do we think they need to go over the course of these next four games? You got Utah, Toronto, Detroit, Washington. What are you thinking, Jonathan? Three and one. Has to be. Okay. You can lose the Utah game. You have to beat Detroit and Washington. Those are the two worst teams in the entire league. Mm-hmm. And you get Detroit at home, right? And yep. you get Washington on the road, but yep. I don't care about that. And Toronto, they've played a little bit better, but they're still outside the playoffs. These are three lottery teams you get in a row. You have to go 3 now. No excuses if they're not 3-1. I'll give them the Utah game they'll lose, but 3-1 has to. DS, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, they got to go 3-1. and one. I can totally see them losing to uh, the Jazz away on the road there. But, uh, yeah, you got home on the Pistons, like the worst team in the freaking NBA. And then the Raptors at home as well, got to win that. Wizards, yeah, sparky, but, again, you're better than them. you, you got to win that. So, 3-1, and one. hopefully they come away with that. So, well, yeah. Think? I, I would definitely agree. Three and one. I mean, we've already mapped out these games are winnable, so it's just a matter of going out there and executing. I they think. Need to. I think. I think you got to look for um, the shooting woes and trying to get those behind you and get Tatum and Brown back on the floor consistently healthy and try and hope that Kemba finds a rhythm. And from there, it's just a matter of you know those are the three guys that you have to get going and then just hope that that will get everybody else like Diaz, Thompson. I don't think, I don't even want to put Teague in that conversation of falling into line because he's just a lost cause at this point. But outside of that, um, hopefully the pieces will just start to fall in line and more success will be coming with that. Okay, so big shout out to Dan for joining us this week, giving us a nice... Yo, yeet! Giving us a nice 35, 36 minutes of Celtics talk this week. We appreciate it, of course. Dan does all the work getting these podcasts up for Malvin off, so we appreciate that. Dan, thanks for coming, and uh, we'll definitely see you on next time. Have a good night, kid. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. All right. See you, brother. See you. All right. And with that being said, it is time for us to bid you adieu on another edition of The Cool Zone. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at The Cool Zone. The DMs are always open. They're pretty quiet, so maybe help help liven it up a little bit. Well, would... I am I'm looking for one, just one, Aaron Neesmith minute between our for between this show and our next because he has played zero since our last show. So you think he's played one minute to win? It's a, more than a win he had over the last week. <laughs> Very true, very true. So go follow us on at the Cool Zone on Twitter. Go follow all of our other Mouthinoff branded podcasts. And you know what? Hopefully we get to talk about Celtics in a more positive light. I feel like this has been a very negative season. Um, 
mainly due to Neesmith and Kemba, but uh, out and even Marcus Smart at the beginning of the year. But hopefully the Celtics get going and we can start talking about all the great things they're doing instead of all the bad things that they're doing. And so for that, we will see you next week. DS, play us out, kid.